0: It's one of the Braves' biggest comebacks of the year. This is a big win. It's a big win, and try and keep pace in this whole thing. And now their biggest series of the season is looming.
1: Welcome to the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano, who was in Philadelphia, and after a late-night train trip, will be in Washington when you hear this. And the Braves headed into their final full week of the regular season, Justin with a victory they had to have.
2: Yeah, and they knew that too. Um, On a Sunday with a two-hour, nine-minute rain delay and a game that was about four hours, uh, when you walked up to the visitor's clubhouse and waited outside, you could hear them screaming inside and one roar after the other, and it was uh, everybody knew this was a big one, and we'll get to it, but the one-sentence summary is that in this win with twists and turns, the Braves showed as much about themselves as they have all season
1: all right coming up we will dig into how the Braves feel about that split in Philly and we'll set up this weekend's big series with the Mets and look at how both sides are treating this like a playoff series plus with Spencer Strider going to the injured list will he be able to contribute in October what it took for Kyle Wright to turn around and win 20 games plus the winner of our first ever Braves report ticket giveaway If you're listening to us for the first time, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. The Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices.
0: Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All
1: right, well, let's first uh, start with our breaking news that we have the very first winner of our very first Braves Report ticket contest. A reminder that we are giving away four tickets to the sold-out Braves-Mets game on Saturday, October 1st. Our first winner is Bradley Green. Now check your email today for details on how you'll claim your prize. You've got 48 hours to do so. So Bradley's got some night nice seats for big game Saturday night against the Mets.
2: That is going to be a fun one, and congratulations, Bradley. Thanks for listening. Thanks for entering this giveaway. And you've set yourself and some friends up for a fun weekend. I mean, that's going to be a great atmosphere, a great game, and we're really getting down to it, so it couldn't be a better Saturday night out. And
1: for those that did not win the tickets but did enter, this is a big week, so we've got a lot to celebrate. We're also going to have our very first live Braves report at the stadium on Thursday from 6 to 8.30. And this is an exclusive event, so those that entered the contest but did not win, you will get details today. Check your email on how you can come join me and Justin and some other members of the AJC team at Truist Park as we discuss the Braves and the Mets series. We've also got some cool surprises. we got free food. Bloopers coming. The World Series trophy is going to be there, and we're going to be talking ball, and it's just for people in the room. You will not be able to hear this on the podcast, so it's going to be a very exclusive event for our fans of the podcast on our first year and subscribers to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So keep an eye on your emails starting today, for details on how you can come hang with us at the stadium on Thursday night.
2: That's going to be a fun one, and we look forward to seeing you out there. We always do this, try to do this as off the cuff as possible, but that's going to be fun to just kind of sit there. Uh, Gabe Burns, our features writer, the former Braves beat writer, will be there. So we're just going to sit there. We're going to kind of unbutton the top button of the collar, and we're just going to, you know, let it fly and talk some ball. Um, and it should be, you know, we'll have a fresh – Kind of the first part of the week, leading into what is the biggest series of the season? What will likely go a far away and decide in the division? So, uh, yeah, we hope to see you there. It's gonna, it's gonna be a fun night. All right, now to what happened after a long, long, long
1: Sunday.
0: These guys put a lot into these things, you know, and and uh, they expend a lot of energy to try and win games on a nightly basis. And um, I think everybody feels it. I think that's a little bit, you know. I think. Even, you know, your bullpen does really good because, you know, it's like they're wanting to do the same thing. and, and um, But, you know, like I say, it's it's a big win. It's a big win. And, and um, you know, to try and keep pace in this whole thing. So, yeah, I'm happy for the guys. Like I say, they man, that's unbelievable with the big hits.
1: That's manager Brian Snicker after another late-inning comeback. And, and, just with nine games left in the season, there is a huge difference in being down a game-and-a-half and two-and-a-half. And two and
2: Right, right. No, absolutely. Um, And you could kind of feel it start to swing in the thinking of fans who knew that. Uh, A couple days ago when the Mets went up two and a half games, the Braves lost their third in a row. Uh, The Braves still had two more against the Phillies while the Mets had two against the A's. And people were thinking it was over. Uh, And this, this is fans who were thinking that. But they still had a little bit of time. You can't be two and a half or more back with nine games to go, eight games to go, whatever it might be. You're going to be floating in there, even if you have three against the Mets. So this was a big swing uh, because the Mets took care of business in Oakland, though they probably should have swept. Um, but they took two or three. They have two more against the Marlins before they have that series against the Braves. Um, but the Braves could not afford to be two and a half back or, or further back coming out of this thing, um, especially going into next weekend. So this was a huge, huge swing in a comeback.
1: You mentioned in the open the the reaction and the and the celebration in the clubhouse. Which oh, by the way, the Braves qualified for the playoffs this week. There was no celebration on Tuesday. But was that the most excitement you've heard outside the clubhouse this season?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, and there could have been other things like that. Maybe they just started then, or maybe we you know the media got out to the clubhouse a little quicker this time because everybody's got a train ride to <laughs> DC uh, coming up. But You could kind of hear and feel the jubilation that comes with a win that had twists and turns. You know, they were up, and then Charlie Morton coughed up a couple leads. Uh, And then there was a rain delay, and the teammates picked him up. They tie it in the eighth on a wild pitch. Uh, Jackson Stevens with the performance of all performances for a reliever in terms of what he did. And we can get to that a little bit, but... This was about as excited as you'll see guys after a regular season win because everybody knows what's at stake to keep pace in the division. And as long as they're a game and a half out um, within two games, they've got a chance against the Mets, um, and they have to hope the Mets lose a couple uh, otherwise. But everybody knows what's at stake. Uh, I talked to Colin McHugh, actually, uh, and we'll get to that in the show as well. But I talked to Colin McHugh, actually, and he said that A couple days ago, he said, there's got to be time for celebrating wins in this game. The game is so hard that a lot of times you have to pick up your head a little bit and see what you've accomplished. Um, And this was one of those days where the Braves really could just coming off that huge win could feel it. Um, And this said as much about them as any win this season in terms of the determination, winning in different ways, different guys picking up others, um, and really just a complete team effort. This was a really encouraging weekend to a series that um, really encouraging end to the weekend to a series that started out very, very poorly.
1: Yeah. As for the series as a whole, a split may not sound like much when you're trying to chase, but
0: it's big. Yeah, you know, because especially against the Phillies. I mean, yeah, like I say this is a this is a good team. I mean, they made changes in the year. That bullpen is really strong. Their young guys are coming up and doing a really good job. Um, it's kind of a murderer's row they got going on. You know, at the top of that order too. So, um, it, it's, it's a really good club, and and you know they pitch really well also. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a good series of split you know the way we started it out and and um you know because it's that's seven pretty big games that we got you know in the last 10 with these guys so um i'm happy with
1: you know where where we're at right now i know two of three against washington and a split in philly was not enough to do much in the division but was it fair to expect more this week
2: um more if you want to expect them to not go three games without a home run or to expect the offense to be a little better than it was for a little of that cold snap there. Sure, because the Braves have proven they're much better than what they were in those games. But these things happen throughout a season, and they're going to happen when you're 40 games over 500 since the beginning of June uh, around that mark. They've been so good that you could not expect them to keep playing to that level of ball uh, all year, at least in the results. So, no, this was this was a pretty good week. Uh, you know, you do two or three against Washington, a split against Philly, um, and this is a tough place to play, a tough environment. And as Snip mentioned, they've got a good lineup over here. Uh, they pitched really well this weekend. The Phillies played pretty well. Uh, they didn't really have very many, like, Phillies moments, like which you would laugh at that will end up on a blooper reel, uh, like they've had a few times this year, especially earlier in the year. So this was a good week, I think. You just needed to keep pace – until you got to the big week, and now you're there. You've got three against Washington, three more against the Mets, Um, and that chance against the Mets, if you're the Braves, you always knew that was going to be your opportunity to to take advantage and do some damage in the division. You just had to keep pace until then, and they've done that. They've done their job, and I think it's a job well done so far.
1: Now, to the bad news of the week, and one of the reasons that the Braves – have been better than they were last season even though they won the World Series last season is the talent of the rotation the depth of the rotation the consistency of the rotation and the health of the rotation but Spencer Strider is now on the shelf with the bad oblique
0: yeah when he's through we went up everything all the tests and everything checked out and we went up to get on the mound he felt something right away so yeah you got to
1: kind of start over now. Uh, That's uh, manager Brian Snicker with you and the rest of the media Saturday before the game on the field. And uh, Strider will not be eligible to come back for the rest of the regular season. He will be uh, eligible to come back for the postseason. But how serious is this?
2: Yeah, obliques can be tricky. So it's one of those injuries that nobody ever really knows. It can be really frustrating, the lack of direction or the lack of a, a timeline or anything concrete. That occurs with these oblique injuries, especially for pitchers. Now, the Braves, you know, at first I got a sense that they were just playing it safe with Spencer Strider. They were entering yesterday two and a half back in the division. Um, But Brian Snicker mentioned kind of the setback he had that he couldn't throw, and that was after the Braves thought he, you know, felt good. You know, on Thursday, Snicker reported that Strider felt good, and it was just going to be a matter of when he could get off the mound. It didn't, you know, it, it hurt him there. I asked Brian Snicker if he's concerned for Spencer Strider's postseason availability, and he said, yeah, there's concern, um, but hopefully he's ready to go, and he said that they should know more in a week or so about that. But if he heals up well, this this won't do anything. You don't have him for the Mets series. That hurts. You don't have him for kind of that last NL East push. That hurts. But... You really need him for the postseason. You need him to achieve your ultimate goal of winning a World Series. Um, And it's just best to get him healthy now. And it just kind of sends that message of how smart it was that Strider at least was very honest about what he was feeling because, you know, Brian Snicker also said that if he goes out and he made his next start, um, he probably would have, you know, blown his oblique.
1: The obvious question now is who takes his place for the final week and a half?
2: Yeah, well, it, uh, it's Ben Bryce Elder, uh, so it could just be Bryce Elder taking that spot in the rotation. Um, Kyle Muller is an option, and there are a couple other options that Brian Snicker mentioned, um, and we're, we're going to lead you into this quote here.
0: We lost two to the depth pieces last week, and Ian and Soroka, you know, which was you know, been nice to have had the experience of one or both of those guys to, to
2: plug in. Interesting, right? Um, on this podcast, we have wondered and we've answered questions about this, about whether Mike Soroka would have a chance at making the you know pitching in the big leagues this year, or whether they would leave him in AAA. And there you've got it. Uh, Brian Snicker is saying that apparently Mike Soroka would have been an option. It would have been nice to have a guy like that back. And so if you missed it, uh, we reported a few days back that Mike Soroka developed elbow soreness, um, and he was placed on the injured list, shut down. His season's over. And that is even more unfortunate now when you consider that he might have been in the big leagues, he might have been a guy to make a starter two for the Braves here at the end of the season and heading into October. Ian Anderson, of course, um, like Strider, has an oblique strain, so he would not have been available. But uh, man, you really feel for Mike Soroka, a tough year. He gets back, and that's good. But he, you know, he pitches in the minors, um, but then develops elbow soreness. When you know, maybe he would have made it back to that big league mound, which would have been a heartwarming story. But uh, we'll leave that for 2023.
1: All right, as for the Ron Lacuna situation, he did miss a couple of games with a sore back.
2: I'm good, just
1: sore. Uh, but, yeah, we're just trying to get better so uh, we can get back in line as quickly as possible.
2: Snit said he felt the tightness hitting in the cage. What, what happened exactly?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty standard. You know, came into the stadium to do my typical routine, and just when I was uh, in the cage, I just felt my, my back bothering me but he was able to get back in the lineup on Sunday. and made quite an impact with his RBI in the 11th. You know, I asked George and
0: him when the game starts that, you know, how he was doing and, you know, you look down there and he's got his cleats on. So I asked George and he said, no, he's, you know, they treat, you know, it's, cause it's like, especially a game like this where it's early, it takes him a while to make sure, you know, and so they treated him up and then they, she said, no, he's good to go over the whole thing, play the outfield and everything. So that's a good sign. Certainly not a bad sign. Were you
2: surprised to see him out there? I was, uh, just because I thought, I knew this was a critical game, but if he wasn't starting again, I thought he would just be not well enough to play in general. But a great sign that not only did he take that pinch hit at bat, but he stayed in the game after that, and then he eventually has that huge hit. Um, This was a little concerning, because he's had issues with his legs this year, um, but maybe those could be to be expected after an invasive surgery like the ACL one he had last summer. Um, but this was a back, mid-back tightness. He pulled something in the cage um, and had missed the entire series up until the, la- you know, the late stages of Sunday's comeback win. But it looks like you know, he might be back, uh, and the guy who had looked more like himself is probably going to be in the lineup Monday, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday. One of those days, um, you hope, if you're the Braves, that he can go. But I was a little surprised to see him just because I thought if he wouldn't start, especially with a bulky back, that uh, maybe he just wouldn't play at all. But it was a welcome surprise, you know, a pleasant surprise for the Braves that they got him back. And he had a huge hit in the bat where he fell behind 0-2 and then looked like how he was going before he got hurt. Uh, and he's been terrific over his last 10 games. Um, he's looked more like Ronald Acuna. And the difference has been that when he's playing well there's a lot of energy in all facets of his game and when he's able to play right field he's such a weapon there that the ripple effect created for the rest of the roster and the rest of the team is so great um and so I think that obviously the Braves best chance is to repeat as World Series champions or with Ronald Acuna playing at his best and he was really getting there before um the back tightness so we'll kind of monitor how he is after that What's
1: so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger+. Plus. Learn more
2: at Kroger.com today.
1: The Rays Report is brought to you by Kroger. And all right, parents, if you're looking for some activities for your kids to do, need to fill out the dance card for some fall break days coming up, come join your local Kroger chef for a guided kids' cooking experience making tostados on October the 8th and October the 22nd at select Kroger locations. Each Kroger chef junior is a 30-minute class where your child receives an apron, a patch, a chef's hat, recipe card and box, and mixing spoons for only $7 per child. Register for your time period today at KrogerChefJr.com. That's KrogerChefJr.com. Now, a little bit better news out of the rotation. Kyle Wright's won 20 games. Uh, That's pretty cool. Um, I guess I, I don't know if I really realized how cool it was till um, you know all the teammates and coaches congratulated me real quick. So, uh, man, it's just it's special. Um, obviously, it's a again I'll say it again. It's kind of a, kind of a team stat. You know, I couldn't couldn't do it without these guys.
0: It's awesome. I'm so happy for
1: him, so proud
0: of him, so happy for him. I had him authenticate my own personal scorecard because I want him to sign it to me. Um, I, I I don't know that I've ever been as this happy for somebody over an accomplishment in a, a long, long, long time. It's so cool um, what he's done. Cause I just had, we were talking to him. It's like, just think where you were a year ago today, and you're a 20-game winner. It's, uh, so not. Nice. It's, it's awesome.
1: It sounded like Snit was the happiest guy in the room.
2: Yeah, he was as somebody who's in you know that uh, the manager's office or the interview room with him every day after the game. That's that's about as excited as you're going to hear him uh, after a game um, about a certain player. And on this podcast, we try to give you the story is behind the score. And Kyle Wright's a perfect example of that, right? We talked about him going back to spring training. He's a guy, a former first round pick in 2017 that had never lived up to the expectations. Um, Some fans believed in him, some did not. Uh, And I asked him last night, you know, I asked him just point blank when in the last couple of years, did he ever have doubts about whether he would get to the point he's at right now where he's a solid piece in the rotation?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. You know, whenever you're struggling, it's kind of hard to to not do that, I think, right? Especially with how bad I was struggling. Um, So I feel like it was, you know, like I said, it's hard not to, but... um, I think once I really kind of hit the reset button last year, then I feel like once I really started making changes, that's when I started to, you know, kind of believe myself again and and believe my stuff, and, uh, you know, here we are.
2: It's really the story. His is an incredible story, and someday in the future, we're going to look back probably, and I'm not telling you Kyle Wright's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying he's going to be a future site young award winner. He has the talent and the potential to do both. I think he always has. He was a... First round pick at the you know at the top of the first round, but to have a turnaround like this, um, an incredible breakout season is remarkable. After his struggles, after he'd been gone up and down a bazillion times, never got any consistency, and it really speaks to how these guys are never finished products. Um, we like them to come up to the majors and pitch well and be a Spencer Strider or. You know, fill in capably like Bryce Elder has, you know, consistently. And sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. A former first round pick can still take a little bit longer. And Kyle Wright is still young. You know, he's not 30 years old, he's not this journeyman pitcher. This is a guy who can be a force in that Braves rotation for, you know, years to come. And we'll always remember. When he sat in AAA, we'll always remember when he got pulled up and down. We'll always remember that inconsistent guy he was before this. And now he's completely figured it out. And if you want a a testament to all the hard work and all the dedication and all the determination it took, just listen to how his teammates talk about him uh, and how his manager talks about him and how excited Brian Snicker was. And that should tell you what these guys think of Kyle Wright and how he's gotten here.
1: This could be kind of one of the, the great what ifs is what if Oscar Noah does not get hurt in the National League Championship Series last year, which is why Kyle Wright was added onto the World Series roster. All of a sudden, he's starting and he pitches great. And now he's won 20 games and is the first brave to do so in 19 years.
2: Yeah. And... A lot of times people like to speculate, well, was there anything to that one World Series star? Did that build confidence? It absolutely did. Uh, Brian Snicker has said that. Kyle Wright has said that, that it was sort of a springboard for how he came, you know, went into the offseason and then came into spring training. Because if you can do it on that stage versus a team like the Astros, you can do it. You belong. Um, and that's what it told him is he belonged and he went into the offseason, worked hard, and then he comes back to spring training and Brian Snickers said it a billion times he just looked like a different guy um and i remember listeners of this podcast might remember but i'll bring it up again i was doing a story on you know just it was actually supposed to be another story but i asked a couple guys Travis darno was one of them Austin Riley was another and i asked them separately who they felt was going to have a breakout year um be the breakout player that would surprise people, they both said separately, Kyle Wright. Um, and they seemed sure of it. And he's lived up to that. And he's had this breakout year where now he's, as we speak, he's leading all of baseball by, you know in wins by three wins. So he's got 20 wins. And at this point, Julio Urias has 17 um, for the Dodgers. And it's one of those things where he just took an opportunity And he ran with it, like you said. You know, it goes down. Wright comes in, and you really never look back. You know, it hasn't been the same guy after the you know the broken hand, Um, and Kyle Wright has been just a completely different pitcher this year. And it is to the point, Jay, where, and we have talked about it on this podcast. But if you're doing setting up a wild card series, um, your three starters that you need, you know, to advance the next round. He's got to be one of them, right?
1: You know, but it, it, if, <laughs> if Strider was healthy, it would have been a very interesting debate uh, because Max Freed definitely, but Charlie Morton's one of the better postseason pitchers of the last 20 years. Yep. He's been fine, but Kyle Wright's a 20-game winner, and then Spencer Strider may be rookie of the year. It would have been very, very, very fascinating to figure out, especially if it was the wild card series, how that would have stacked up, but... Has that question already answered itself now with Strider's injury, that it's going to be those three to get it going?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, And the unfortunate part is really they used Strider's injury um, to kind of set it up so that Freed and Strider could go in the wild card series. Um, And then that got blown up when Strider felt discomfort getting off the mound uh, a couple days ago. But yeah, it's got to be. It's going to be Freed, Wright, Morton, or the guys you would want uh, in a do or die, you know, wild card series. And um, it, I mean, you hope if you're the Braves, you hope Strider is back by then. But the oblique injury is one of those. It's almost like the boogeyman in baseball uh, for pitchers yeah. because you just never know. Um, and you, they'll see. You know, they should know more in a week. They should know more in a week and a half. But now, uh, as Brian Snicker mentioned a few times, he's going to have to start over in terms of that throwing progression, in terms of working his way back. And all this for a guy who felt that oblique discomfort in his last start. It just wasn't enough to pull him out of that start. And he felt like he could pitch, or that's what Brian Snicker said last week, is that he felt like he could pitch before they just took that opportunity out of his hands um, and wanted to give him some time and pushed him back uh, and then eventually needed to IL him. And so it's no guarantee that he's going to be back, uh, which makes Kyle Wright and all that we've talked about for the last five minutes all the more important.
1: Now, Wright keeps saying that 20 wins is a team stat, and that's a pretty good way to look at it these days because you can't win 20 games if the bullpen blows it for you every month. And the Braves bullpen has been as advertised in 2022, third in the majors in ERA. And one of those arms that's kind of quietly gone under the radar is the work we've seen from Colin McHugh. His ERA's down to two twenty-four, and he leads the Braves in innings pitched as a reliever.
2: It's, just, it's just been a good season for you, but I'm interested to hear in, in, in your words, why do you think you've been so successful? Is there a specific thing you're doing or a specific number that I should look at or something, maybe in, in from your from your perspective? um it's a little bit of a carryover from last year I think um, just the philosophy of throwing throwing a lot of strikes um, especially early throwing a lot of early strikes getting ahead and count um, you know when you don't have necessarily overpowering stuff it becomes all the more important to set yourself up for, for success. And when you do that by throwing trick one, throwing trick two, it just allows allows me to use use the things I have at my disposal a little bit more aggressively.
1: McHugh got off to a little bit of a rough start, but since June 1st, he's been pretty awesome.
2: A hundred percent. I think the best thing that McHugh has given them is what they said he was going to give them, a Swiss Army knife out of the bullpen. Brian Snicker can use him for two innings. He can use him for an inning. He can use him for the last two outs of a leverage inning. Um, He's done it all. He he could be an opener. He could probably go three innings if you wanted him to burn it out a little bit, you know, to just let it fly a little bit. He's been incredible for them this season, Uh, and he's really been a stabilizer because the Braves have great late-inning options um, in Kenley Jansen, Rysell Iglesias, and A.J. Minter, it doesn't really matter sometimes if your middle relief options or the guys you're using before that uh, to bridge the gap to the late inning guys are pitching poorly. Um, and Colin McHugh is not, and he's really allowed to them to keep the late options, the late options because he can pitch. You know, a clean sixth and seventh, um, and he he can pitch in tough situations. He can pitch in clean innings. He can come in, you know, and in spots with runners in scoring position or runners on base. He's done it all for them. Uh, And what's remarkable to me is the consistency. You just don't see that a ton from relievers nowadays. It's just such a tough game, and hitters are as good as they've ever been. Um, But as you mentioned, since June 1st, he has been unreal, Uh, and he can do it all. And I think that's the type of postseason weapon out of the bullpen that wins teams championships. Uh, You need guys like that. And it just makes the Braves more multiple. Um, And if you were to ask other teams, they would probably mention that bullpen. I know like Buck Showalter did when the Mets went to Atlanta a couple times ago, uh, a couple trips ago there. He said that it's difficult because you can work Freed or you can work Strider and get him out of the game in the fifth or something, but you've got that bullpen right behind it. And part of that is Colin McHugh and that he's just been... Disgusting. Like the slider has been filthy. Um, And he's really, it it has looked, uh, let's just say Alex Anthopoulos won that one.
1: That contract, two years, $10 million total. So pretty good bargain there. And not to be diminished is the work of A.J. Minter, who is now at 70 games with an ERA at a smidge above two.
0: You know, and that's another thing that goes unnoticed all the time is the, the heavy work that Minter's been doing all year long. I said, it's just, you know, he goes through the teeth of the order all the time, puts down big innings. Um, What he, you know, it's, it's a shame that there's not uh, an award or something for a guy like that, because he's just been so special for
1: us. That night shift helped the Braves win the world series last year. And it appears uh, it is setting up to be exactly how they planned on this year.
2: Yeah, it really is. Um, All that you mentioned is why the deck is stacked exactly how the Braves wanted it. They don't have Luke Jackson. That was very unfortunate. It happened earlier in the season. But you can now see why Alex Anthopoulos acquired Rysel Iglesias in that huge contract after paying a closer, you know, like Kenley Jansen, $16 million. Um, Because this is exactly—the Braves have this exactly where they want it. If Kenley Jansen, if they can't trust him in the postseason, they've got another closer in the stable there. Um, They've got AJ Minter to be really a guy that they've used to douse the fire all year. Uh, And I think we'll see that in the postseason. You could see him in the eighth inning. You could see him in the ninth inning. You could see him in the sixth inning, Um, but they've got Colin McHugh. And in addition to that, they could have Kyle Muller out of the bullpen. Um, They could have Jake Odorizzi out of the bullpen. I think they've really got the deck stacked in their favor and how they've wanted it all along. And part of that is because they've been able to stay, for the most part, very healthy. And and that's because of conversations we've had in April where Brian Snicker decided to use Sean Newcomb you know, as the first reliever out of the pen in Los Angeles uh, to get some other guys some rest. He's done that all year. And we're forgetting about Jesse Chavez. There are so many weapons that do so many different things in this bullpen and can really do it all at the same time that the Braves... If you were to look at this, I'll just give you this example. Craig Kimbrell, former Brave, has lost his job again with the Dodgers uh, and was demoted from the closer role. The Phillies' bullpen doesn't inspire much confidence. You know, the Brewers traded Josh Hader, who, yes, has not pitched well in San Diego, but is still Josh Hader, um, just running through You know those teams. The Mets' bullpen, let's just give you this example. The Oakland A's, I think, scored a run in Saturday's win over the Mets on every Mets reliever, at least one <laughs> run. So the Oakland A's, uh, yeah, after team. getting to Jacob deGrom for five runs, I think. So uh, the Braves, when you take all of this in context, the Braves are in probably the best position, I would say, of any NL contender in t- when it comes to the bullpen, which is a huge factor in the postseason.
1: Now, we really do want to thank everybody that, that takes the time to listen to this podcast and has helped us grow it over our debut season. That means you're obviously a fan of the Braves. So if you're not subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, now is the time to really, really, really give us a chance here because we're going to have so much content for you uh, as the Braves make the pennant chase and into uh, the postseason. We've already got our daily updates on AJC.com to tell you exactly where the Braves stand The the after-the-game pages and the e-paper are spectacular with terrific layouts and visuals and all of Justin's reporting and Of course, all of our feature stories and our columnists. You can only get this if you're a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So we still have this special offer up for Braves fans. It's our season pass. You get half off our regular deal. Unlimited digital access to the AJC for just $39.99 for the next eight months. That's $125 a week. So if you want to join our community, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. So you always know what's really going on. All right, time for what's next. And what's next is a humongous week. And it starts with um, Justin and a few other folks going to the White House on Monday.
0: Yeah, I am excited. You know, you get to do that all the time as world
2: champions. So it's pretty special. Yeah, that'll be something. When the Braves won the World Series, like every team does, you wonder if they'll go to the White House. Joe Biden has invited them to the White House. Um, so when you're listening to this, the White House visit may have already happened. We'll have a recap of it. We'll tell you a little bit about it. It's going to be interesting, though. I've never been to the White House. I don't even think I've ever been outside the White House. As somebody who goes to D.C. three times a year in the NL East, I don't I don't even think I've been outside of it. So that'll be fun. Um, and that's. it's going to make for an interesting start to the week. But we're not talking about this in this segment about three games against the Nationals. Uh, the Braves should take business there. And they've got three huge games against the Mets. Um, when the Braves have slipped, the Mets have not been able to take advantage. When the Mets have slipped, the Braves have not been able to take advantage and take over first place and hold it. This division is going to go, a, you know, be decided. Go a long way to being decided this weekend.
1: One of the things that will help the Mets this week is they only have two games against the Marlins and two days off before they face the Braves.
2: Yeah, they're going to be able to get healthy, which is big for them because Starling Marte uh, is out with a finger fracture, I believe. Is that That's the exact injury. Brandon Nimmo um, is playing again but was pulled out a series ago um, because of quad tightness. The Mets are looking to get a little healthier, and the big thing for them is that they're going to have Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer lined up to start against the Braves uh, in two of those games, and the Braves will not have Spencer Strider starting Um, So that could be a big shifter. But we've said before on this podcast, the Braves have a roster that's as talented as any in baseball. There's nobody with a clear step up on them in terms of talent. Uh, And in front of a raucous crowd, they've got an opportunity to do something special. Um, But if it goes the other way, the Mets might virtually, you know, clinch at at Truist Park. But uh, we... One thing to keep in mind, though, I mean, the Mets have shown (laughs) they'll lose games to bad teams. So this race isn't over yet, even if this series doesn't go well. Um, And before that, you know, you can't be sure whether they'll beat the Marlins. But it's going to be a big one. And I think uh, you hope it feels like postseason baseball. You hope for all the fans that it's worth it.
1: And it is certainly going to have that kind of feel because listen to the pitching plans starting with Washington.
0: Well, we're going to go Elder, um, and a, then a TBA, and um, Odorizzi. We'll push Max to the weekend series. Just to give him just some extra rest. Just some extra rest, and, you know, him for the, you know, for that, that's going to be a big series. So we're going to, you know, throw our top three guys that we got
2: right now against them.
1: <laughs> yeah, now we're talking. No excuses. Let's settle this once and for all.
2: Freed, right, and Morton is what it sounds like on the weekend. Yep. And uh, if you want to know, now this is reading into something very small, but if you want to know how important this series is and just how much it means and <laughs> how obvious that is, uh, a manager never, ever admits that he's pushing back a starter just for, the, for a specific series. And Brian Snicker just laid it all out right there um, because everybody knows. Uh, and that's what they're doing all along. You're going to have, yeah, Wright, Morton, Freed in some combination for that weekend series against the Mets. You know, they're going to throw their best out there. The Mets are going to have Scherzer and DeGrom, as it looks like, as two of their starters. (laughs) And you couldn't have a more high-profile series, as evidenced by the fact that Sunday's game is going to be nationally televised, Saturday's game is going to be nationally televised. Um, It's really the only division race going in baseball right now. And all eyes are going to be on the Braves and the Mets at Truist Park. Uh, and this one is is really big, especially because, as I said, you just don't hear managers <laughs> admit that they're pushing guys back for a specific team. And, you know, there was, there was no question here. I
1: know hypotheticals are, are pretty much dumb, but, you know, it's sports. So we're going to ask this question anyway. How much do you think this move is because of the added importance now of staying out of the wild card series?
2: Yeah, I think that you always wanted to win the division um in baseball because a one game wild card, you know, game is as random as it gets and anything can happen. But the wild card series can really, really leave you at a disadvantage. Uh, so there's got to be some of that thought in there where the Braves simply just can't start, you know, can't go with what they've been doing. They need to push to win the division because, especially if Spencer Strider is hurt right now, um, depending on what his status is going to be, if you use your top two pitchers or top three pitchers to just get to the NLDS and then you start on the road against the Dodgers, for example, um, your pitching is just at such a disadvantage that you're not able to line it up the way you would want. You're not able to get that extra rest. Um, I think the Braves can win out of a wild-card series. But, yeah, it to me, when you're one and a half back at this stage and you've got three against the team you're chasing, you've got to try to go for it because it is such an advantage to win the division and get to start you know, in the NLDS instead of having to play that wild-card series. And who knows what you expend pitching-wise, but position player-wise – injuries, things like that. Um it's really random and it's it's gonna leave a wildcard team, could leave them at a disadvantage. All right, now time for the award eligible
1: Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscano. All right, first up the question of the day from Tamara Meredith and i apologize if I got your first name wrong there, but what is your prediction for the Mets series?
2: Ooh, I think the Braves before I was saying the Braves would sweep, I think they take two out of three. Um, I just think they're a better team than the Mets. Like, I think deep down, people who work, you know, maybe Mets front office, if you were to ask Mets officials, they might say the same thing. The Braves are, the Braves are just so talented. I don't know that for a fact that they would say that, but the Braves are so talented. I think everybody at ba- in baseball recognizes that the Braves probably are the more talented team, but the Mets have Scherzer and DeGrom, which could tip the scales. I still think the Braves take find a way to take two out of three, but it's going to be tough to sweep that team there when – they're going to be fighting for the division. And with what we just talked about with the rotation, it is probably more imperative for the Mets to win the division than it is for the Braves to win the division. And so the Mets are really going to sell out on that series. From John Velikas, who is the next surprise to come out of the farm system? All right, I think it could be Justin Henry Malloy. Um, You'll find him, he's ranked 12th now uh, on MLB Pipeline in the Braves' top 30 prospects. He's an outfielder. Uh, He's headed the Fall League. He received, I believe, a promotion to AAA right before the end of the season. So he's one to watch because he's climbed through the system this year. He could be an interesting option, a surprise, um, and you won't find him in that you know top rung with Jared Schuster, you know Bryce Elder, Kyle Muller, kind of the, in the the recent draft picks. So I, I think he's one to watch there. Uh, he's number twelve right now and could surprise. Next up from
1: center wing. Why don't our players take more days off? Seems like an antiquated thought process.
2: Yeah, I know that's been in the talks. Riley Olson and Swanson have all played a ton of games and a ton of innings, and uh, will be at you know near the top, if not at the top, of those leaderboards at the end of the season. Um, but that's just the way these guys are. The Braves infielders play every day, uh, and it allows them to go through slumps. It allows them to continue having a rhythm um, in an era where teams focus on workload management, but I think there is some concern to it, especially when you're not hitting, you're struggling. Sometimes you just need a day off, and that's what happened for Matt Olson on Saturday. Um, we'll see if it pays dividends in the future, but, uh, but yeah, um, and it, it makes it a little tougher that the Braves don't have a backup first baseman, the one they had, Austin Riley, um, for as good as he's been at, at third, you know, he's been good over there. He made two errors at first base uh, on Saturday's game. So you've got almost replaced two spots if you want to sit somebody like Matt Olson. But yeah, I mean, this team runs on Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, uh, guys like you know Matt Olson. They play every day, uh, and it's just kind of the way they are. It's the culture here um, in Atlanta, and yeah. But I think you know if you were to con- you know question it a little bit, I I don't think you'd be wrong.
1: From spicy chicken nugget.
2: If Snicker was just
1: about to pull Spencer Strider in that first inning against the A's, why would he leave Odorizzi in when he's being destroyed? Why not go to the bullpen earlier?
2: I think it's got to do with the temperature of the the team at that point. Um, and this is not to say that Brian Snicker doesn't believe in his guys, but you've got to think about it from the perspective of Odorizzi's getting, you know, hammered out there. Uh, if you go to the bullpen early, because a lot of those runs. Philly had two four-run innings. Let's just say you go to the bullpen after the first one. The bullpen's got to cover a lot in a time where they've got two more games in Philly. That The rest of that game, two more games in Philly, then three in D.C. before the next off day. Um, and off days don't always—they're not just a magic potion for a bullpen. Um, and at that point, the Braves weren't hitting. So if they show you something in one of those—the the top half of the next inning— then sure, maybe think about warming somebody up, but they're not hitting, and at that point, Odorizzi's got to eat innings. Whereas they need to beat the A's, uh, you know, and, and a critical point in the NL East race. And I know this was that, but the team wasn't hitting, and it didn't. You didn't didn't expire much confidence that they could come back from a four or five run deficit.
1: And finally, from at McIntyre Connor, what does Matt Olson think his struggle is? And uh, first of all, we asked Matt uh, Olson that question in last week's Bray Sport podcast, so go hear the full answer, but uh, we'll let Justin answer the short one.
2: Yeah, so he's really been under a lot of stuff lately, or that's what it was the last time I'd asked him. Um, and he just looks kind of lost up there. He doesn't look super comfortable. Um, but the last he told me was just that he was missing stuff just by a tad and was a little under everything. Um but he had an RBI double in Sunday's win over the Phillies. Uh, there are signs of life, even if he's striking out a lot, so we'll see if he can build on this. All right, winners of the week. I can't, I can't conceivably have just watched a game like that and not give it to Jackson Stevens. So the bullpen as a whole <laughs> went six in a third shutout innings. If you do not count the unearned run that Jackson Stevens gave up, and background for those who may not know, the unearned run is due to the runner starting on second base in an extra inning. Um, That counts as an unearned run if that runner scores. So Jackson Stevens threw two innings, didn't give up an earned run. And, oh, by the way, he was in what might be the toughest spot for a reliever in today's game with that extra innings rule. He was in a tie game as the visiting pitcher who could not allow a runner to score from second when the runner started the inning at second and and he had to get 3 outs. Um and he did it and then he held the lead the next inning. Uh so he's my winner of the week really polishing off what was a terrific victory for the Braves. And my winner of the week is uh, once
1: again the winner of our first ever Braves Report ticket contest. Bradley Green, check your email for details on how you can claim those tickets to Saturday's game. And if for some reason Bradley can't go, we will draw another winner. But everybody who did enter the contest, you'll also get details today on how you can join us for our first Braves report live at Truist Park on Thursday. So, Justin, we got a got a big week. You're going to the White House, and then we're hanging out with our fans on Thursday, and then it's the Braves and Mets this weekend.
2: Yeah, that's a packed week, and it couldn't be a better one for the final full week of the regular season Uh, There's a lot of fun stuff, and we're excited for all of it. We'll have all of it for you on our next show. But for those of you who are going to be joining us live, we can't wait. We're just going to sit down and, uh, you know, talk some ball. And please tell us what you think of this show.
1: Rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. Offer your suggestions, offer your feedback. That's what helps us grow this show. New episodes will come out every Monday, so we'll see you then on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.